Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Footlock for the Love of Cars brought to you by Carfection. My name is Drew Stern and I'm not joined by my Footlock friend, Mr. Henry Catchpole, today, but I'm joined by another very special guest, Mr. Andrew Hoyle. Hello, Andrew. Hey. How are you doing? I am great, thank you, Drew. Pleasure to see you, as always. Yes, you too. Uh, we are separated by the length of the entire country at the moment. Yes, we are. Uh, Andy is up in uh, Edinburgh, and I'm recording this down in London. Um, Andy uh, doesn't work specifically on car fiction. He works for our sister site, uh, CNET, but Andy is a, an exceptional photographer and has been with us on many, many shoots, producing some iconic imagery that you may have seen us sharing on social media and other places. Um and we just wanted to go through a couple of the more, uh, some of the more iconic shoots that we've been on, some of the more challenging ones, perhaps, some of the, the more interesting ones, and, and some of the results that we got from that. Um, uh, and Andy, you've kindly agreed to jump on this bonus episode and give us a talk through what that was like coming with us to take some eyes. Oh, photos. yes. Very kind of me, it is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's. It, it's always a pleasure, I think, for people to tag along on the Carfection shoots. They're they're always a little bit special. We we tend to go to interesting locations. We usually have a really cool car with us, but that mm. doesn't make them necessarily easy. Um, no, they've never been they've never been easy. I've never been on one with you guys when I would come away saying, "Oh yeah, that was that was easy." They're always a challenge. Mm-hmm. It's largely because you try and cram so much into what is usually quite a short space of time, and for a lot of people, that would be fine if they just want to do. Uh, you know a quick vlog sort of thing maybe shoot it on a just on a phone or something but you know you guys your standards are sky high um so it it takes a long time and uh, obviously you guys getting your video is the number one priority and so i just have to find ways of sliding in next to you sometimes elbow to elbow with with charlie trying to get my stills while also trying not to get in the way of him i think i think that that is is a very fair comment the the entire way we're able to do things um on carfection as opposed to say some of the bigger tv shows is that we do things very very quickly very very efficiently and in an extremely short amount of time with a very very small crew that means the margins for errors are always very very small um and you look at your kind of average tv crew size and there's loads of people just standing around doing nothing and like yeah we don't have that time built into what we do yet we set the standards for ourselves that are still high um mm. and 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 that is absolutely true and and i think probably none more so true on, on kind of the first shoot that i wanted to talk about it was um a couple of years ago now on a cold i think november time we went up to scotland to visit the nc 500 i believe it was about yes. almost two years ago now that we did that was it was it that long ago I now be- i believe so um wow and the the films that we did um uh from that shoot are a standalone film on the bentley continental gt the latest version that henry did a standalone review of and we also did a film with both the continental gt and that which i was driving and the the then latest version of the BAC Mono, which Henry was driving, and we were comparing the two cars up on the NC500. NC500 is the North Coast 500. It's a very uh, long road that stretches along, as the name suggests, the North Coast of Scotland. Amazing road trip route. Oh, it's great it's, fun to drive. It's brilliant. Um, it's a very, you know, we don't have the PCH, but we've got the NC500, and it's a it's a it's a glorious place to be. Weather can be challenging. Um, and I think that's, yeah, you're not kidding. I think that's probably a, a good kickoff point because it was Scotland and it was November. I think we were probably um, hedging our bets at the best of times. Limited, yeah. limited light, 
but the weather on this particular shoot was against us. It well, you know, I, when I think about it, I'm not sure it was against us. I actually think because I so so for me, Scotland, and I'm sure for you guys as well, Scotland is is moody, it's dramatic, and I don't think Scotland, particularly the rugged roads that we were driving on, they don't look good under empty blue skies on a summer's day. They need that drama from storm clouds and from wet roads and when you know the light suddenly cuts through the clouds and you get god rays coming down and everything looks super epic. And that's what you get when you get bad weather. And so I actually think that we had really good stuff. I think we only had to stop filming for maybe a couple of hours at any one point when the rain really came down but for the most part we kept on going and if you remember we had that incredible sunset we were shooting around the Loch Assent um, area and uh, yeah we had this these amazing golden colors that, that came out of the sky which you know if, it, if you have good weather you don't get those sorts of mm -hmm. sunsets it's only when you've got those clouds in the sky that you get that so certainly for me when I look back at the stills that I got it really highlights that drama and particularly with something like the BAC Mono it's this futuristic dramatic sleek single-seater sports car and it looks totally out of place on a lot of those Scottish roads and I just think that is highlighted even more with having that dramatic atmosphere around it it all sort of comes together in a way that I just don't think it would if you had blue skies. Mm. Um, uh, I think it's worth pointing out at this point when the the, the podcast of this goes out, and if you're interested in seeing some of these images, we'll uh, we'll we'll repost them to the Carfection Twitter account, um, just so you can go in there and, and have a, a look if you miss them the first time around. You can find Carfection on Twitter uh, at Carfection, and if you want to find Andy on uh, Twitter, it's at Battery HQ. Yes, it is. Yes, I'm sure it was a good idea at the time. <laughs> Still is. I've well, had that. I've had that handle twenty years now. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So if you want to find Andy Hoyle, search for Battery HQ. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll reshare some of those images so you can see them. I, I, I get what you mean, and, and that's certainly the case with filming as well. That you can get that great those moments, and I'd say that's the difference between photography and filming is that all you're looking for are those moments in photography where it, just, it looks great. You might have to wait a long time for it, but you're only looking for a fraction of a second. Whereas the consistency of trying to get it to look good throughout, especially <laughs> if you're mixing up a shoot, is is a real challenge. Um, yeah, but, but we, I know one of the big challenges that we had because of the rain and when it came down overnight, and the BAC Mono doesn't have a, a roof, it's just the cockpit. Um, and we had to tape all kinds of things to it because um, it, it didn't have a cover at all, did it? We ended no, up no do, cover whatsoever. So we just, I think, if it, we used, we got a load of plastic bin liners and made duct taped them. Yeah, yeah made, made this cover, which um, yeah is a bit uh, sketchy at best. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it, it, it did it did it did the job. Well, the thing is, the um, the interior of the. Uh, uh, the BAC Mono has been treated with this kind of waterproof material. It, it's designed it, it, it's designed to be driven in all weathers, and I've I've driven it in the rain a couple of times, um, and it, it it's fine. It doesn't it doesn't damage it, but you are still getting wet. <laughs> you are still yes, getting miserable. Yes. Um, and we generated quite a lot of content from those two short days out filming there. But the in terms of still photography, in terms of the stills that you got on that day, there's a mm -hmm. lot of really good ones. Well, which which was your favorite to do or which was the most fun to do oh okay that's a i mean yeah we got loads um 
The one that the first one that really stands out is um, like like any of these shoots. I think my favourite things to do is when we're doing the the car to car shooting when. Uh, I am literally hanging out the back of a crew car. I'm, I'm strapped in with harnesses and everything, and, and I'm there trying to get the shot of uh, of the cars in motion. And I think I got one coming down this nice sweeping road coming off the off a hillside, with both the BAC Mono and the Bentley uh, basically sort of jousting. Well, not jousting; they're side by side, but you know, both coming um, at the camera. Um, and I think that is probably my favorite shot to get because i just love that um uh i don't know the adrenaline that you get when you're basically a couple of your camera's a couple of inches from a road and you're doing like 50 miles an hour and you're shooting away um so that that came out really really well um and i think there's if i was to pick another one i mean there's there are several that i i'm i'm i really like some that really took advantage of that uh, that sunset that i mentioned but um there's one of that I did of, of the Bentley, and the Bentley itself takes up a tiny, tiny little speck of the whole image down in the bottom right-hand corner. But it's it's one that I think whenever I talk to um, people who want to get into uh, car photography, and for me, I really see a lot of what I do as being first and foremost landscape photography. You know, if I've got a great landscape that is what I kind of focus on and then I find a way to put the car in it so then this whole image comes together and it looks just super epic and, and with this shot it is this amazing landscape of this quite like not barren so much but certainly rocky and cool looking bit of, of Scotland and it takes you a moment to realize that oh yeah actually there is the bentley but because you see it in the context of this vast landscape it i think it's really evocative of kind of how it would actually be for you being in that car and doing a road trip through that landscape so um yeah it's a shot that maybe it wouldn't work for an advert for bentley for example because their car is sort of invisible in the scene but i think it works really well um as a as an illustrative shot of doing a road trip around there mm. And um, in terms of equipment that you take with you on shoots like this, um, you're not fully like kitted out with like hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of, of high-end equipment. It's what describe to the listeners what exactly that you you rely on on shoots like these. Uh, I mean, for most of it, it would be my Canon 5D4, uh, which is full-frame DSLR, um, lots of dynamic range to pull back highlights and shadows which is often very important when you're shooting cars um and usually it's just a 24 to 70 mil lens because that's wide angle enough to kind of get that up close dramatic view of the car but also you've got a bit of zoom range on there so for the most part that's what i that's what i use um i would switch to maybe like a, a, a telephoto zoom a 7200 if you want to maybe do some more panning shots put the car uh, slightly further away and you get a very different look um and sometimes for the car to car stuff i'll go with a super wide a 1635 because that way you can have a very very wide angle shot but the car is coming very close within a few feet of you and again you're traveling at high speed and uh, and that gets uh, a, a very dramatic looking uh, shot of the front end because you basically take advantage of the the distortion that you naturally get from a wide angle lens to add that distortion to the car which sort of weirdly works a lot of the time in particular um 
on a different shoot. Uh, in fact, you and I drew. We went to the uh, Isle of Man to shoot the B- oh, BAC Mono again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we shot it on track, and there's a couple of shots I got there when the I think the Mono was maybe within certainly a certainly within three feet of, of our tracking car, but using that wide angle lens, uh, you get a really really cool uh, really cool shot. So, um, but I tend not to use a lot of lighting on location because I particularly if I'm shooting with you guys. I've got to get in your crew car in amongst lots of cases with with cameras and and your lighting and uh, you know jibs and cranes and everything else that you might have. So um, I try and keep everything to one medium sized backpack, which only gives me so much space for everything that I need. Um, moving, keeping with equipment, um, we might come back to talking about the Isle of Man a little bit later. But um, everyone has a camera in their pocket because everyone has a phone these days. Uh, we did a shoot uh, last year to kind of prove what might and might not be possible just with your phone. Yeah. Um, so uh, apart from being a photographer, you also re- review mobile phones uh, for CNET, so you're very well versed in kind of the e- evolution of uh, camera phones. And that obviously will be what a lot of people have on them when they see a nice car or when they want to take their car to take pictures of it. Um, and what would you say uh, in terms of the capabilities of the modern crop of uh, camera phones for taking pictures of cars compared to, say, the equipment that you just described? What, what are the, what are the, um, where does it fall short, and where is it adequate uh, in terms of what it can offer? Well, I'd say a lot of the, particularly a lot of the current top-end phones, like your iPhone 11 Pro, your Samsung Galaxy S20 Ultras, and so on, like they're more than adequate for getting incredible shots, and. It, they they have taken shots that I I, I have pub- professionally published lots of photos of, of of cars just using my phone because you know there's the whole the old saying of the best camera is the one you have with you and, and obviously that your phone is the one that you do have. In fact, I did a whole feature last year on I took the McLaren uh, 600LT uh, around the North Coast 500 again and I shot the whole thing just with the new uh, iPhone 11. Um, uh, so I'll send you a link to that. Maybe you can pop that in somewhere. But that the whole thing was shot on the iPhone, and I came away from that thinking. I, I went with the intention of thinking, can this phone replace my DSLR? And I had my DSLR with me, and I thought, well, obviously no, it can't be re- replace my DSLR because it's just a phone. And I almost never got my DSLR out of my bag. Everything was done on the phone. It absolutely blew me away with what I was able to achieve. Um, where. Where it falls down is is obviously when with things like there's a lot of high dynamic range, and so if you want to get good photos of of a car on your phone, then you need to think about kind of where the light is in just the same way as you would if you were shooting on pro equipment. So, you know, typically you wouldn't want to shoot a car with the sun right behind it because it means that the side of the car you're seeing is in shadow, and your phone won't be able to balance that bright sky with the dark car. Um, but it's again, then you've got to think about well, where do you want to put the car? You know, if you want to get a really amazing looking shot, you need to find an amazing looking place. So, you know, take your car somewhere great. Don't just try and cut it out and composite into a different scene. Take the car somewhere cool and try and get your photos there because then you're doing you're doing all the work for your camera. You know, your phone doesn't need to be trying to put do loads of I don't know technical work to make the shot look great if you've put the car somewhere great to begin with. Mm. And um, so the the car shoot that we 
went on. Not only did we take some stills on uh, on an iPhone on it, it was of the uh, Bullet Special Edition Mustang. Uh, I struggled saying it at the time as well. Bullet Special Edition Mustang. <laughs> I'm not sure why that's so hard to say. Um, but we also filmed the entire thing on a phone as well. And I think um, if we hadn't told people that we'd filmed it on an iPhone 11 Pro, they wouldn't have necessarily noticed. I mean, full caveat, we use obviously tripods and uh, gimbaled stabilizers and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, and some lens adapters as well. Uh, we were using... Uh, was it moment. moment? Yeah, yeah Moment. They uh, do a selection of uh, clip-on lenses for the um, iPhone, which give you a whole range of different possibilities. And we were using... Did we use Moment's own recorder for the video as well? Uh, no, we used an app called Filmic Pro, um, which gives you like really fine-grained control over the shutter speed and ISO and basically all of the uh, a lot of the controls that you would find on a pro camera. Yeah, um, and the, the results were really, really impressive again not perfect we wouldn't choose to shoot on it but in a pinch you could definitely make do but yeah how, how close do you do you think it it came because i don't normally shoot video and, and i and when i do i i, I don't use the high-end kit that you guys use so you know for me it looked great but but maybe you well, being more experienced on that side have a more critical eye over it I think what you were saying earlier about if you put your car in a, in a good place, you're doing most of the work. And I think in terms of production value, if you treat the this iPhone the way we would treat uh, a bigger camera that we normally use, like stabilizing it and, and using it with these with these production methods, you get the premium feel without necessarily having to have the, the premium quality. So. The, mm. When we're filming, and the same is true with photography, you put a lot of um, expectation, uh, not necessarily on the processor and the box it's in, but on the glass in front of it. And yeah. that the, the lenses, lens quality and selection of lenses and lens choice, all of that has a huge impact. Having those, those adapters certainly helped, but it still lacked in some of that really great quality you get from high quality lenses, which we mm. usually try to invest in. So that was slightly absent. Um, so that the the color representation was a bit oversaturated and uh, and as such didn't quite have that natural feel that we get from our glass. And in terms of dynamic range, so from the darkest point to the lightest point, it was also slightly compressed. So there was a narrower narrower band between can't see it at all and overexposed. Yeah. So ide ideally, you want those to be very far apart, and it was a little bit too close on this camera. But but could you imagine you? making films with just a phone in the future you know doing more of those things particularly given that the size of them uh you can get them in spaces where you i think you you know you shoot on things like gh5s and and some sony cameras which are a lot bigger and i don't know maybe you were you're doing a ride along in something or like something like the mill amelia when you're you know you're it's just you and it's a bit more sort of vloggy documentary style like mm -hmm. i could see phones being uh, a really important tool there in a way that a full-sized professional video camera might not quite work yeah and the, there's other advantages as well i mean it's small you already have it with you um you can charge it in loads of different places battery mm. life is an issue because you can't just plug in a different battery but not impossible to get around uh you can get a gimbal for your iphone which fold up to pocket size yeah. um and now with like the wide angle lens built into the new iPhone 11 Pro, mm. um, it's 
almost like having a GoPro on you, but this one also has a screen and its own editing software and its ability to connect to the internet and post that clip as well. Um, you run into difficulty quite quickly when you start to figure out how am I going to get good audio into it. Um, you end up having to buy more and more adapters and extra things to make it more complicated, all of which have an impact on how flexible it is to use and how um, uh, how how expensive the whole rig is. But from the word go, like, how, people people often ask us, like, how do I get started in, in doing this? And the truth is that with an iPhone in your pocket and just any car that you've got access to, you could already get at least 40% of the way there. Yeah. Um, uh, if just copying uh, what's been done. I mean, the there's, um, you can get, uh, DJI make them, Zinjin make them, like iPhone gimbals, fifty pounds. Yeah. Um, which, if you've already invested several hundred pounds in a in a camera phone, that's not that much extra. Mm. And those two things together, just a well-equipped camera phone and a handheld gimbal, you can do a tremendous amount. Like, yeah, an unbelievable amount. And it's crazy that we've come so long. When I started filming cars about um, thirteen years ago. Uh, we didn't even have GoPros. Uh, we didn't have any of the kind of miniaturized. We didn't really even have HD cameras. We were still shooting standard definition for a lot of stuff. Um, and to have gone from there to now where you can get this huge selection of mini cameras that are robust 4K resolution, a high dynamic range, um, and, and you know SD cards that can hold hundreds of gigabytes of stuff. I mean, that was an issue back in the day as well. That, that leap has made it far more accessible for people. So the, the the limitation is only really your imagination and how much time and effort you put into researching how to do it best and figuring it out. Yeah. But, um, and I think creativity as well, because I I've, I get the same and, and some people will come to me and, and ask, oh, you know, how can I do this? And oh, you know, uh, you know how do I get access to, to cool cars to shoot and stuff? And I'm like, well, you know, if you want to prove yourself as, as a photographer who is going to be able to offer something really good, like the thing to do is not just to get, uh, you know, you don't need to get a Lamborghini and shoot that. And, you know, it isn't the car that makes it. If, if you want to show that, if you want to practice your skills and, and, and really work on developing your own style, then take your own battered 10-year-old Fiesta out and, and, and learn how to shoot that in a new creative way that people haven't seen before and it's not about having the best equipment and having the best dynamic range where yes every bit of highlight detail has been saved and every bit of shadow detail has been saved it doesn't matter you know it's about being creative and doing something new and you can try doing that with your phone whether that's uh, you know a brand new iPhone or a three-year-old Galaxy if you've got a camera, then you can start going out yeah. and doing yeah, this stuff. Same in photo. It's same really in video. a lot more egalitarian in terms of what you need to go out and do. If Top Gear's out on location, they'll have a crew of dozens of people trying to get uh, something that's only a little bit better than you can achieve on your own with uh, uh, an iPhone and a gimbal. And I'm actually, I'm not even exaggerating when I say that. It's the law of diminishing returns. And to get that 10% better, you need to invest 100 times more. Um, and, and you could get half the way to the quality that that carfection is if you just put in the time and effort it's not necessarily mm. the money on equipment that said yeah. i wouldn't choose to film everything on an iphone you can yeah. you, you there are better alternatives um yeah the people at, at the end of the day you know people behind the camera are responsible for what you can get out of it and 
you, Drew, have, have been very good in hiring incredibly talented people. I, I am constantly blown away by what Charlie can do scene and and he's just there shooting on like a you know a Panasonic GH5 which is fairly bog standard stuff it's not on like a 14 grand Sony FX9 this is this is a standard uh you know, yeah, mirrorless it's, camera it's and for, he's yeah, creating those around to where it's 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 GH5 is like a, like a DSLR shape so basically to to a layman it just looks like a stills camera yeah um and he is creating just incredibly cinematic work some of the most beautiful stuff you know you guys win win industry war and your stuff is is regularly compared very favorably to you know you talk about top gears quality i mean i would very much argue that there are many of your videos which is exceeding what you'll what you'll see um on top gear and yet you're you typically go with a with a you know it's a one person crew it is just henry and charlie um uh, maybe there might be someone else um uh, sometimes when you get to go along um if there's if there's room like you have this very very small crew on not the highest end equipment but you are pumping out the sort of quality which is up there and beyond the best that you'll see on the internet so it, it's definitely not about equipment. It's about having those, the skills, the passion, and the creativity to know how to really put into best use. Yeah. And I'll pass on the compliments to Charlie. And you're absolutely right. <laughs> he, is, he is extremely good at what he does. Uh, but I wanted to talk more about stills. Um, it wasn't necessarily on our lot. Um, you have a uh, your own uh, video show on uh, on YouTube where you kind of explain some of the behind-the-scenes stuff of, of photos that you've uh, worked on, you did with us. Um, and I believe it's the latest episode. Uh, what's the name of that channel, by the way? Uh, it's just Andrew Langson Photography. There you go. Um, I get confused because I introduced you as Andrew Hoyle. Yeah, I've, got, <laughs> I've got a few names. All, all names are correct. They're, they're all fine. <laughs> um, uh, Andrew Langson Photography. Uh, you can look it up on, on YouTube. There's uh, the, Is it the latest episode that covers the Chiron? Uh, no, that was a couple of weeks ago, I think. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, win a few weeks. It'll be in my latest videos. I'll talk about the the Bugatti Chiron shoots that we did in Lisbon so the um this was when uh I believe that Henry had driven it the day before or was going to drive it the day after what was the case with that uh he was going to drive it the day after I think you know it was all a bit of a blur this is a classic example of one of those as we were talking before when you have almost no time to get everything you need and so it was such a rush that everything has very much blurred in I think I think I did that first and then in that day we then went out and did the day shots right yes because you you did the shot in pitch dark basically at night yeah essentially yeah we, middle of the night yeah it was um yeah it was a, it was a difficult shot, um because i'd i basically i knew that i wanted to do something a bit, a bit different and i knew that i was shooting for uh cnet's uh print magazine which we were running at the time um and that i wanted to do a very particular uh, image spread for this car and so I, I spoke to Bugatti about well you know how about we how about I take the, the car out at night and I get some really cool like nighttime shots of the car I'll, I'll light it and it'll look really 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 interesting and, and very different to any shots that any of the other press or indeed their own photographers um, were getting um, we take a bit of convincing um, to be honest but the they went for it in the end so that was that was quite that was quite good yeah um what i liked in the uh without giving too much away about the episode of the podcast is that you weren't necessarily 100 percent convinced that you were going to be able to deliver on the promises <laughs> uh i'd um i had been very 
Well, I suppose I, I promised a lot uh, and, and I'd said, I want to do this and I want to put the car here and I want to light it like this. I want it's going to really, really cool, really amazing. But um, at the point when I'd sent that email to them, I, I'd never photographed a car at night. And so I'd never had to light a car. Um, I, I had got a, you know, I use photography work, but normally I'm just lighting a phone, which is this big with a light, which is, you know, I can make this big with a with a softbox or a modifier, so it's pretty easy. But I'd never had to do a big car in a big scene, um, and it didn't really occur to me when I was uh, I was arguing, and I, t I tend to do this quite a lot with myself at scene, and that I have these that I start to run away with and think, oh, isn't this going to be really amazing? And then it, as soon as someone says, oh yeah, okay, yeah, we'll do that, then I'm like, oh my god, right now I've now what have I actually got to do? Um, so I. Yeah, I had to very quickly then do a lot of research on the techniques I'd need to use, um, but I didn't have very good equipment at the time. So in order to get this, it was just your entry level uh, full frame DSLR. You can pick up second hand for about 200 quid now, I think, um, and one small little Onca flash, which I'd, by using um, triggers, I was able to take it off my, excuse me, I'll take it, take it on my camera, put it in a softbox and then move that around the car. Evident. even practice on beforehand so i sort of turned up uh, on the day uh, or the night rather um not sure if i was going to be able to get what i said i was going to get and normally that would be you know, oh, okay you know it's a shame uh but because if you know if you're going and, and the car's going to be there other people are getting things but what i hadn't quite realized is that in order for this to happen, Bugatti had had to do a lot of work in the background. We can drive it down a nice street, we'll find somewhere in, in Lisbon at night to, to take this shot. And, and they said, well, actually, you know, we're our hotel, a historical site called the de Belém, which is this really nice kind of tower on the coast, um, really important site in the embassy center. And I said, oh yeah, great, yeah, sounds good. And it's got this sort of um, big, uh, like, concrete well not concrete like a paved space in front of it where you can put the car in situ and show it with some stuff in the background so i said yes that sounds amazing yeah definitely do that and i just thought though that was it we'll just when i got up at 2 30 in the morning to to do shots that they'd uh got a that had to get police escort for the car to take it down there and they'd also had a that arranged a police cord off with with police tape and several police cars um around just for not just for their shoots, but just for my shoot, just me, all of this effort, and no doubt I'd been boastful about. Oh, I want to get these shots, and I so suddenly realised I had this, I almost panic attack feeling of, oh my god, I'm I'm I've made a huge mistake. I, I've told them about these amazing shots I'm going to get and how I'm going to foolishly believed every word that I had said <laughs> and gone, fine, great, yeah, and that happened and, and spend all this money and get all the police involved and stuff. Um, so I suddenly realized that not without having got what I needed was not an option. I, I, I had to, uh, and thankfully um, I did, but that was super nerve-wracking, particularly because I only had about an hour um, to do it and that's not a long time to get getting so not only did i have to work very very quickly but i had to work very accurately um which is using techniques and tools that you've never ever used before did you feel so that was fun did you feel that when you got there and unfolded your tripod and put the 6d on that you were very aware of how small the 6d is as a camera 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was very aware that I hadn't brought. Um, and I mean, that goes very much back to what we're talking about. Got, but it's how you use it. Because I was using, even then, a, a Canon 6D was any level gear. This isn't, that was not professional stuff. You know, it's not like I'm using 40,000 pound medium format camera with a big lighting rig. I didn't have crew. I didn't have an assistant even. It was just there because he was maybe going to get some nighttime shots. It was too dark and he couldn't get what he needed. So I think when I was taking my shots, to sleep in a different car. Um, not in so, the Chiron. No, if you zoom in Chiron, no. really closely, you can just see him sleeping. <laughs> So yeah, it, but it was, but by using it and I ended up, uh, for those who are more, I lock my camera down on the tripod in, in its position it's going to be. And so the camera isn't moving, the car is moving, my, my light in a, in a big soft box that I'd brought. And I take a photo with the light and part of the car that lights a bit, say, and as I move that light around, taking the light moves in different areas, and then you piece it all together in Photoshop so that the car hopefully is evenly lit. Um, so you, you know, it's how you can then take a nice evenly lit shot of the car if you've only got one small light. You just move it around, it's basically like light painting with an LED panel. How to make it work? And the, um, and the end results are again big can expect from someone who'd gone out with camera assistance and had a whole day to do it and oh maybe also a police cord i mean that was a little little extra bit uh, yeah <laughs> little extra to have access to with a fairly mild um equipment fairly mild as compared to what yeah. i think you look at what some of the major like photography um like if for a major magazine or say for a, a beauty marketing campaign they probably would have had a very large crew indeed and a lot of effort gone in but the results you got sit along bugatti themselves would have used and in fact bugatti have used some of those photos that you took from that session yeah they did yeah um i mean they've used it on on social i, I shared some of the, the shots with them because i permission myself because they have millions of followers uh, so they they we're happy to post those in articles and in your videos. Uh, and they also they also took that that shot is on the I think bugatti.com slash news on their on their news page basically. Um, they took it for that which but um, we had a bit of a laugh to it because I um, I did sort of get in touch and say, ah, how can you use this? But uh, um, yeah, it's it's fine. It's it I think they the amount they invested in the shoot, I yeah. think. It's probably fine that they can they can use one of the shots if they want it. Um, what, uh, not necessarily shots. Which car have you enjoyed taking? Um, I mean, my so my my absolute favourite cars are Lambo uh, that we in Wales was amazing to be able to to see the car and and uh, stuff. Unfortunately, I wasn't insured. Um, so that was being that was really great to do. Um, going back to the the one I mentioned with uh, I did with the iPhone, the McLaren 600 LT was brilliant because that was. Again, that was just me and the car and my phone. I was going out with different people, with a crew. It was beautiful roads and, and photographing it. So that was really, really great. And it makes it a very, very different, like that sort of road trip for editorial purposes. You don't know what you're going to get. I, I didn't I didn't start thinking, knowing exactly where I want to go with the sort of shots I'm going to get. It's a case of, well, let's go and we'll be nerve-wracking because, again, you don't totally know if you're going to come back with anything good. Also fluid to be able to literally see a spot and go, oh wow yeah that's cool or the light really you can just find a cool place to pull up get out and get some get some shots so that's really but yeah the lambo i i've still never driven a lambo i've driven a lot of really cool cars a lot of expensive cars but still yet to even even drive two feet in a lambo so make that happen for me drew come on i'll see what i can do i haven't driven <laughs> that many to be fair i'm over to either um mm. that is another spectacular film i think uh, well worth uh, checking out uh, we can find on our youtube channel on the youtube.com forward slash car affection 
uh, check out the channel there. Uh, and if you are subscribed already, which of you notification icon, it really helps us get those films out to you as quickly as possible and helps us keep making the to watch. Of course, hopefully we'll be all out very soon on big epic shoots once again, once we're free from lockdown and able to do something a bit more. Yeah. Well, you've now, you've got a Scottish road trips again. Yeah. I think this November, hopefully, maybe we'll be able to head back up and do some. You can find a lot of the stuff that Andy uh, takes photos of on, on his social media. It's at Battery HQ everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Instagram. Uh, Instagram, for, for the most part, will be the best place for you guys to go, for your audiences, because I'll focus, whereas Twitter tends to be uh, a lot of other journalist work so yeah instagram's the place to go fair enough and if you are on instagram you can find us at carfetch films on any social media it's at drew stern stern spelled s-t-e-a-r-n-e and if i don't spell it no one ever finds it but um andy <laughs> thank you so much for joining me on the uh, on the footlock podcast today and, and talking us through thank some of the things me. that you've done i haven't seen him since so <laughs> well i haven't to go outside since obviously yeah. you know i've moved to this whole nice beautiful country of it so uh you know not that i'm you know, I don't want to be complaining uh, There's some people in there um, by the coronavirus and uh, I'm not one of being just just being stuck inside. Is but we do we do we do love our drunk and um, that uh, mental health is getting back out there pretty soon, getting to drive something pretty quickly. Fingers crossed I'll actually Absolutely. be in that McLaren 600 LT. Maybe you got something next week. You, you've got something coming up with it. Maybe some paper. I was a little, that was a little teaser. Some paperwork and risk assessment pending. Um, <laughs> we channel very soon. But for now, for me, it's goodbye. And Andy, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much for having me.